Hello, my name is Sam Becker, and I'm the Brookings First United Methodist Church's Worship Technology and Media Director. On behalf of our pastors, Pete Grassow and Krista Ducker, I welcome you to this episode of Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is a full audio version of the sermon and scripture from each week's Sunday morning and Wednesday Manna in the Middle services. Today's message was delivered by Pastor Pete Grassow on October 27, 2021. You can watch the entire service on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. Now, here's Pastor Pete with Who is Perfect? Our scripture reading for tonight comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Matthew 5, and we're picking up from verse 43. You have heard people say, love your neighbors and hate your enemies, but I tell you to love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you. Then you will be acting like your Father in heaven. He makes the sun rise on both good and bad people. And he sends rain for the ones who do right and for the ones who do wrong. If you love only those people who love you, will God reward you for this? Even tax collectors love their friends. If you greet only your friends, what's so great about this? Don't even unbelievers do that? But you must always act like your Father in heaven. The more traditional translation of that last verse, Matthew 5, 48 says, be perfect, therefore, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect, just like your Father in heaven is perfect. And I can almost see you smiling at this word perfect, because we all struggle with this word. Because often this word implies something that we are not. Can I, can I just check this out for us? Uh, will you put up your hand if you have perfect skin? Put up your hand if you have perfect teeth. Put up your hand um, if you have a perfect life. Stand up anyone who is completely perfect. So when we read these words of Jesus saying, be perfect, most of us literally gloss over this and hope we'll find better news further on because we struggle with being perfect. And there's huge pressure on us to be perfect. 
anyone who goes onto social media and wants to put your profile up, you first have a good go at that picture to clean it up before you dare show it to the world. That's the joy of having Photoshop or photo editors that you can make yourself look perfect before you put it there. I do recall a friend who put her picture, put her picture out there on a dating website. And then the guy said, I'd like to meet up with you. And she realized the dilemma because she looked nothing like that cleaned up picture that she'd put out there and wondered whether she should go and meet him. Certainly, we who are parents get criticized by our children for not being perfect enough. Or alternatively, many children feel like they're criticized by their parents for not being perfect enough. And often, preachers stand up and encourage us to be more perfect, as if you can be perfect and then more perfect. Um, and some Christians, in response, try and fake it. They pretend that they are better than they are. And you literally have a public image and a private image. Us pastors are really good at that. We feel this pressure somehow to be, to be the example to the whole congregation. And we hope they don't find out that we are not perfect. In fact, I remember a member of a congregation many years ago saying to me, I expect you to be everything I can't be. I'm hiring you to represent me before God. Some Christians live a life of guilt, plagued by guilt because you never quite make it. Constantly praying, Lord, make me better because I'm not what everybody wants me to be. The kind of people who, 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 who fervently pray those prayers of confession because you know your own weakness and, and end up really demoralized, and many just throw their hands up and ignore everything. So when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, I think we need to understand that he might be saying something that we are not. That he is not using language that we quite understand. Jesus certainly is not talking about the way we look, He's not talking about living a life where we never make mistakes, and he's definitely not saying we can never have a bad day. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And so I like the translation that we used earlier, because it used words that capture the intention of Jesus, that invite us to be reflective of the character of God. Be perfect like your heavenly Father. Not be perfect like everyone else expects you to be. Not be perfect like social media wants you to be. Live a life that is reflective of God. Jesus explains it. We read it earlier in Matthew 5.43. God makes his sun to shine on bad and good people and gives rain to those who do good and to those who do evil. A verse that speaks of a God who chooses to love us whether or not we deserve it. A God who says, you are my beloved 
and you don't have to do anything to earn that right. God loves you exactly as you are today. You don't have to do anything more in this day for God to love you more because you are God's beloved today. And everyone can be, include, can be included in the love of God. I've been at pains over the last two years to say this over and over again. All are welcome into the love of God. Recently heard somebody say, I don't know if it was a compliment, but I'll take it as a compliment. The Methodists will take anyone. I love that idea. Everyone is welcome. Because everyone's welcome, it means I'm welcome too. I do need to note, but saying that God loves anyone is not the same as saying God leaves us where we are. God then, having surrounded us with love, invites us to grow. Each day we're held perfectly in the love of God, and when I go to sleep tonight, I thank God that I was fully loved by God, and I anticipate tomorrow, which is the new start of a new perfect plan of God. And as God's love surrounds me, so God grows me bit by bit each day. And I can look back and see how the love of God has transformed my life. Every day I'm perfectly loved by God, but each day I grow in that perfection of a God who treasures me and invites me to deepen spiritually and emotionally and in every possible way. I do want to take us just for a moment to some words from the Apostle Paul who writes about what perfection might look like. Paul writing to the church in Romans talks to them about how perfect Christians live. Romans 12, 9, love must be completely sincere, hate what is evil, hold on to what is good. Love one another warmly as Christians and be eager to show respect for one another. Share your belongings with your needy fellow Christians. Open your homes to strangers. Ask God to bless those who persecute you. Yes, ask him to bless and not to curse. If someone has done you wrong, do not repay him with a wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good. I've been really troubled by these words of Paul as I look at the world that we live in. Because somehow it seems that our society has forgotten how to be Christian. People claim to be Christian, but do not behave in terms of the teaching of Paul. Paul who says, for example, love one another warmly as Christians, be eager to show respect for one another, and I look at a world where so-called Christians readily insult one another, tear each other's characters to pieces, and I'm wanting to say, you have not read the Bible. Paul who says, if, 
Share your belongings with your needy fellow Christians. Open your homes to strangers. And I've seen Christians saying, close the borders, keep the strangers out in the name of Jesus. It's appalling. It's blasphemy. It's an absolute denial of the scriptures. Paul, who says, if someone's done you wrong, do not repay him with a wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good. And I am seeing a world where people do not step up to their faith. They literally step down to the lowest common denominator that they can possibly be. Now, I know this stuff's tough. I can always hear you saying, but this stuff's really impossible. And you're probably right. It is impossible on your own. But if you allow the love of Jesus to surround you, if you allow the love of Jesus to flow through you, you can be perfectly the person that God wants you to be. Certainly, this is part of our Methodist tradition. Who we are as Methodist people have always believed that God grows us in perfection every day. The founder of our Methodist movement, John Wesley, lived in the 1700s, lived at a time where the world believed that people were born to particular status in life. Some were born royal, some were born poor, some were born holy, some were born sinners, and were literally told that's your station in life, do not aspire to be different. In fact, there's a hymn that we sing quite happily, all things bright and beautiful. You guys remember that one? There's a verse which we don't sing now. It's been dropped because of the theology. In one of the verses, the verse begins, the rich man in his castle, the poor man at his gate, God made them high or lowly and ordered their state. It's the will of God that some should be holy and some should be sinners. But we as Methodist people have grown past that and have discovered that God loves everybody. It's not that God loves some and God doesn't love others. The love of God embraces everyone. So so to help ground this, can I ask you for a moment to say to yourself, I am perfect. I can't hear you. Can we try that? Say it, I am perfect. Maybe you can try other words. Say, I'm awesome. Say it like you believe it. Because we have so many voices in our heads that deny it. So often we have these voices that even when I'm inviting you to say I'm perfect, you're saying, yeah, but I know I'm not. I want tonight to convince you that you are perfectly loved by God as you are right now. And there's nothing more you can do to make God love you more. God loves you. But it would fail us if I left us there, because the fact is, as much as God loves me perfectly, God loves the person next to me perfectly too. And that person next to me is as precious as I am, and I find it amazing at how much we need to pass judgment on others. I've heard people who readily say, well, I'm not perfect, demand perfection of others. How easily, how easily we think it's our job to point out the imperfections in other people. Jesus says in John 16, 18, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts people. 
But somehow we don't trust the Holy Spirit, so we want to do the work of the Holy Spirit by convicting others that they're not what God wants them to be. We were never told by Jesus, go and judge the world. We were told by Jesus, go and love the world. So as much as I am perfectly loved by God, I am inviting us to discover that others are perfectly loved by God as well. To take you back to that, that line, Romans 12 verse 10. Love one another warmly as Christians. Not love other Christians warmly. Love the people around you warmly because you follow Jesus. Be eager to show respect for one another. Don't just love the people you like. Don't just love the people who think like you. Love one another. So to make it work, as much as you said to yourself earlier, I'm awesome, I want you to find someone near you and to say to that person at your table or near your chairs, you are awesome. Try it. Find someone near you and say, you're awesome. And... And they're awesome not because you think they're awesome. They're awesome because they're made by God. And when God makes people, God makes people well. So I'm inviting us in terms of this text to show respect for the people around us. To be eager to share the love of Jesus with others. Inviting us to, to revel in the fact that we are perfectly loved by God but at the same time, to share that perfect love with others too. And so we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray that God's love might be shared in our community. Um, I was at a ministerial association meeting this morning. The pastors of the town got together and the mayor of our town addressed us, Ope Nehemiah. And he was asked, what one thing would you ask of us as pastors to help you in the city? And he said, if only the pastors in this city can remind people that we love each other. He said, the past year, the vitriol and the bitterness and the anger in our city has been unbearable. The emails that he's received as mayor from people he's known for a lifetime, but who once they get behind a computer would say things that they'd never say to his face. I join his voice, his plea, that we can contribute towards becoming ambassadors of love in this city. That you and I can bring the perfect love of Jesus to our community. Thank you for listening to today's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get yours. And be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. 
Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.